Thank you, Jeremy. Remind you that uh, there are no services here this evening, the last Sunday of every month. Uh, in the pattern of uh, Covenant Presbyterian Church is for us a time for our shepherding groups to meet. If you were to join this church, you would be placed in a shepherding group. But even if you are not a member of this church, we would love to have you to participate in our shepherding groups and simply ask one of the elders that you see here this morning, ask me or Pastor Mullinex or call the church and we will make certain that you get plugged into uh, one of these shepherding groups and let you know where they're meeting and uh, so you can uh, join with us and uh, participate uh, in this wonderful uh, a time that occurs for us on a formal basis at least uh, the last Sunday evening uh, of every month. I also want to again uh, extend to those of you who are visiting with us this morning, I Uh, extend to you an invitation to come and join us in our visitors class that I have the privilege of teaching. Go down the central hallway and turn left and that visitors classroom will be on your right. I'd I'd love the opportunity to be with you in that less formal setting and uh, we take the time to try to answer whatever questions you might have and to try and instruct you and, and, and teach you concerning who we are and what it is that Uh, We believe and teach, so I I hope if you are able that you will take the time to be with us in that uh, hour that follows Sunday school ends at uh, 11.50. It's one of the peculiarities of Covenant Presbyterian Church. I will say to those of you who are visiting that if you were to call and ask, what time does Sunday school start? You might not get an answer to that question because... We don't know what time Sunday school starts. Sunday school starts about 10 or 15 minutes after morning worship ends. And when does morning worship ends? When morning worship ends. And then Sunday school begins and Sunday school ends at 11.50. And so that's the way our schedule works. And I encourage you, uh, those of you who are visiting, to come and join join us in that visitor's classroom. I'm just a whole lot nicer person than I appear. And uh, I really want to give you the opportunity to decide whether I'm a liar or not. So come and uh, join us at that time. I hope you will. It's interesting to me, before we look together at God's Word, just to take note of the fact that um, the, um, the pattern that Scripture gives us in regards to children, it's, it's interesting. Any, for, for example, anyone who was... Um, 20 years of age or older, when when Israel exited Egypt, um, was treated like an adult, which meant, in that particular case, that they were held accountable uh, for uh, the sinful ways that the people of Israel grumbled and complained and rebelled against the Lord during the 40 years They wandered in the wilderness. You'll remember that only two people who were 20 years of age or older at the time of the Exodus, only two of those people were allowed to enter the promised land, Joshua and Caleb. All the rest, all the rest who had been 20 years of age or older when they left Egypt, all the rest died in the wilderness. Those younger than 20 at the time of the Exodus were not held directly accountable for Israel's acts of disobedience. 
And if they survived the 40 years of living in the wilderness, they were welcomed to cross the Jordan and enter the promised land. This morning I am speaking to and about, hopefully I'm speaking to all of us, but I am speaking directly to and about those of you who I would say are approximately 20 years of age or younger, you're, you're unmarried, you're, you're still living at home, you're still supported by your parents. I know that, that culturally, I know that culturally, that our culture, our modern culture, we, we don't like to apply the term child to, to someone in their mid to late teens, but Scripture does. <laughs> and guess what? I'm much more interested in being biblical than I am in being culturally relevant. Uh, that's one of my problems. And so uh, we're going to deal with the Scripture as the Scripture is written and let the culture figure it out for themselves, all right? That's what we're going to do here. So let me ask those of you who, according to Scripture, are children, let me ask you a question. Why did God give you parents? To bug you or to bless you? I know at times they bug you. That's because at times we all bug each other. We're all sinful, including your parents and including you. They're not perfect. Neither are you. And therefore at times the relationship between parents and children, that relationship is often, it's often difficult and, and trying. But there can be little doubt that parents are intended by God to be a blessing. And I'm grateful that most of you know that's true. Through them, God gave you the gift of life. And by God's grace, they are most often the means through which God grants you the gift of eternal life. Through them, you gain knowledge and wisdom, and by His grace, the gift of faith. For God works in and through them to, to train and to discipline you so that you might know the truth and the, and the truth might set you free. Free to, to live the life you were, you were created to live. Uh, to, to, to do those good works that, that God has prepared in advance for you to do. And by the way, let me just say this. If I've already lost you, if you're already drifting off, if you really don't care anything about this, about hearing another sermon, about doing what God commands, and about honoring your father and your mother, I pray that God will break your stone-cold heart. Let me tell you something, and I hope you'll hear if you can hear if you hear nothing else today, I want you to hear this. This is a matter of life and death. This is a matter of life and death. It's a matter of life and death for you and for your family and for your church and for your community and for your world. It is that important. I plead with you, listen to me, hear God's word, and then Choose life, that you might know his blessing, 
And so that you might be the conduit through which God blesses your home and blesses your friends and blesses your church and blesses your community and blesses your world. Let me, let me read for you quickly three passages of Scripture. If you will, turn here with me or just listen. But I want you to hear these three passages of Scripture. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12. Exodus the 20th chapter in the 12th verse. The fifth of the commandments that God gave to his people. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Turn to Colossians chapter 3 verse 20. Go into the New Testament. Colossians chapter 3 verse 20. Paul writes, Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. And the parallel passage, if you will, Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians just back of book or so, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. Ephesians 6, verse 1, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. (coughs) Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Let's pray together. (coughs) Father, I ask that you would enable us now to Pay attention to your holy word. I pray that you would open our minds, that you would give us receptive hearts, that you would change our stubborn wills. And I pray it in Christ's name. Amen. Chapter of Romans chapter verse twenty-eight. We're going to look at two very unpleasant passages in the Word of God, but I think it's important for you to hear what the Lord says. Here in Romans chapter 1, But it is of critical importance that we understand what the Scripture says at this point. And look at what Paul writes beginning in verse 28 of Romans chapter 1. Furthermore, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, obviously talking about unbelievers, he gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. Terrible list. They are gossips and slanderers and God-haters and insolent and arrogant and boastful. And they invent ways of doing evil. And they disobey their parents. 
What is that doing in the midst of a list like this? They disobey their parents. They're senseless and faithless and heartless and ruthless. And although they know God's righteous degrees that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, they approve of those who practice them. One other. Aren't we having fun? Look at 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 1. Paul's writing to Timothy to instruct him as he serves as pastor of the church there in Ephesus. And Paul says to Timothy, mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents. Ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with them. Now why in the world would I take the time to read these terrible lists? These terrible lists where right in the middle of them we find a reference to those who are disobedient to their parents. Why do I do that? Because I don't know of any better way to underline for you the fact, to, to highlight for you the fact that this is how seriously God deal, this is how seriously God views this issue with which we are dealing this morning. This is how seriously God views this issue of children obeying and honoring their parents. It is a matter of life and death. Paul said, you may remember, just listen. Paul said back in Ephesians 6.1, it's a matter of doing what is right and wrong. Paul said in Colossians chapter 3, verse 20, it's a matter of pleasing the Lord. And Paul says in these passages that we have just read, which are a reflection of what is taught throughout the Old Testament Scripture, that it is a matter of life and death. Did you know that? And did you notice? Did you notice? There's a promise added to this command. Do you notice that? First commandment with a promise. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 3, Paul quoting Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. Paul writes, Obey and honor your parents that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. If you want to know God's blessing upon your life, upon your family, upon the covenant community of which you are a part, if you want to know that God's truth, if you want to know that God's truth will continue to spread throughout all the world, blessing literally millions upon millions of people, then you need to understand that all of those blessings begin with you obeying and honoring your parents. 
That's how the math in Scripture works. It all begins with you obeying and honoring your parents because if you do, then it will go well with you and it will go well with yours and it will go well with your covenant community. And if the covenant community to which you belong is, is blessed and strong, then the world will be blessed because in the midst of all of its darkness, there will be this blazing torch illuminating God's truth. And it all begins according to to the logic of Scripture, with you obeying and honoring your parents. Now, please understand. Please understand that what you do or don't do, what you say or don't say, impacts everyone around you. It impacts everyone around. Some of you like to just go over in the corner and pout a little bit. I'm just going to go over here and pout. You know, I'm going to draw a little circle around me and I'm going to stand over here and pout. You realize everything you do, everything you say, it impacts everybody around you. It impacts your brothers, it impacts your sisters, it impacts your parents, it impacts your family, it impacts your church, it impacts your community. Eventually, it impacts your world. And if you're stubborn and disrespectful and rebellious and disobedient, you suffer, and your brothers and sisters suffer, and your parents suffer, and your family suffers, and your church suffers, and eventually your world suffers because it is deprived of the light with which you and yours were meant to blaze. But likewise, if you obey, Obey and honor your parents. Not only does it positively impact your life, it also positively impacts the lives of everyone around you. Look at Proverbs 1 7. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. Children, the Lord says in Proverbs 1.7, Fearing me is the beginning of knowledge. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fearing me is the beginning of knowledge. That doesn't mean you're afraid of God. It's really interesting that, that after Moses gives the Ten Commandments, he says to the children of Israel, these are Moses' words, Exodus 2020, Moses says to the children of Israel, don't be afraid, but fear the Lord. You got that? I'm not talking about being afraid of God. When the scripture calls upon you to fear the Lord, it's talking about you, it's talking about you realizing that God is not a joke. It's talking about you giving to God the respect and the reverence that is due to him. That he's not a joke. That he's not to be trifled with. That he loves you. And because of his love for you, he has prepared great things in advance for you to accomplish to the glory and to the honor of his holy name. In the latter half of Proverbs 1, verse 7, the Lord says, I love you enough that I've made sure of the fact that you will get wisdom and that you will be disciplined. 
I love you enough to have made sure of the fact that you will be taught wisdom and that you will be disciplined. He says in Proverbs, the latter half of Proverbs 1, verse 7, the Lord says, only a fool is going to despise the wisdom and discipline that, that I provide for those who love me. And how does he supply you with wisdom and discipline? Ah, look at the next verse. The answer is found in Proverbs 1, 8. Listen, my son, the Lord says, listen to me, my child, to your father's instruction. Listen to what I'm telling you, my son. Listen to what I'm telling you, my child, to your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. It is through your father's instruction and your mother's teaching that you learn wisdom and you gain discipline. The children, children. I know better than you know that your parents aren't perfect. I know that because I'm a parent. I've got all my children are grown. I sat down with two of my adult children a few weeks ago, and you know what we talked about? It was a good conversation. Don't misunderstand this. We sat and talked about the ways in which I had failed to properly instruct and discipline. It's an important conversation. We all fail. We're not perfect. We're all sinful. Their training and their instruction, it'll never be perfect. Sometimes it'll be downright lousy. No kidding. But you know what? God is still going to speak to you through them. And I promise you this without a moment's hesitation, the wisdom and discipline they impart to you will be far better than the advice you receive from your so-called friends who tell you that your parents' advice is old-fashioned and out-of-date or foolish or just plain stupid. Who, you know, those so-called friends who encourage you to ignore what dad and mom say or that those so-called friends who entice you to do what you know full well is displeasing to them and displeasing to the Lord. Now, now I look around here. I, I, I look around here and, and I know, and I know by God's grace that many of you have good friends. I thank the Lord when I was growing up I had some friends my mother didn't exactly approve of, but I had some really good, good friends. And these guys were good friends, too. They were a little stupid, but they were good guys, you know. You know what I mean. Okay. But I had some really good friends. Really good friends. And and I look around this room, and I know that's true here also. Friends who love the Lord, friends who encourage you to do what is right in God's sight. And for that, you can be grateful. But beware of those friends. I'm I'm telling you, be aware of them. Be they siblings or neighbors or or, or classmates, those those so-called friends whose ideas and enticements contradict your parents' teaching and training. Now, now... I know, I I know that what so-called friends say, boy, it sounds good. That's because they're telling you what you want to hear. I mean, if somebody tells you you look good, it makes you feel good, even if you know it's a lie. They're telling you what you want to hear. They're offered a fat man a candy bar. So what your so-called friends are telling you, of course it sounds good. 
It's what you want to hear. That's the way it works. Satan told Eve what she wanted to hear. He said, Eve, Eve, baby, listen to me. Listen, you have a right to eat the fruit on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Of course you do. It doesn't matter what God said. God's a killjoy. We, know he's all, we all know he's out to cheat you. And sure enough, what's the scripture say? Eve looked at the tree and what did she see? She saw that it was good for food. And that it was pleasing to the eye. And that it was desirable for gaining wisdom. And so what did Eve do? She did exactly what she wanted to do. What did Satan tell her? Satan told her exactly what she wanted to hear. And so she did exactly what she wanted to do. She ate the forbidden fruit. She ignored God's command and she swallowed Satan's lines, hook, line, and sinker. Please hear me. Because I know that for most of you this is true. Your parents are trying to instruct you in the ways of the Lord and sometimes the ways of the Lord are tough. Sometimes those aren't the things we want to hear. Because almost always the way of the Lord calls us to a radical obedience which, which requires, requires effort. Requires that we, that we put forth the effort to do the right thing. Your parents are trying to instruct you in the ways of the Lord so that you'll fear Him and love Him and serve Him all your days so that you can know His blessing upon your life so that you might experience the incredible blessing of growing up and becoming a person whose life richly and profoundly impacts and blesses others, including perhaps even someday your own spouse, your own children. What is God's will for you in the fifth commandment? Ah, did you hear the answer of the Heidelberg? I hope you take that bulletin home with you if you don't have a copy of the Heidelberg. What's God's will for you? That I honor, love, and be loyal to my father and mother and all those in authority over me. That I obey and submit to them as is proper when they correct and punish me. And also that I be patient with their failings. For through them God chooses to rule us. Okay, so what's it look like, this obeying and honoring of one's parents? Well, let me just say this generally before listing some points. Generally, what does it look like? Generally speaking, it looks respectful. You may not like everything your parents do. You may not agree with everything they say, but you can still be respectful. Now, some of you older children, listen to me. Some of you younger ones, you're going to have a hard time following this. But some of you older ones, listen to me here. In Romans 13, Paul calls upon all of us to honor the governing officials who are in authority over us. We are to honor them because God has placed them over us. We may not agree with their politics. And we may not like some of the things they do. But we are still to honor them because of the office they hold. I don't like jokes that demean President Bush. And most of you who have been in this congregation any length of time know I did not like jokes that demeaned President Clinton. Why? Because both of these men were ordained by God to serve as President of the United States. And for that reason, I am to 
honor them. Likewise, children, you are to respect your parents. Because God in his sovereign wisdom has ordained that they should be your parents. Okay. Very, very important footnote here. Please listen carefully. Children, if your parents are asking you to do something that you just don't think is right in God's sight, then you don't have to obey them. If they ask you to do something you know God doesn't want you to do, or if they try to keep you from doing what you know God wants you to do, you have to obey God rather than your parents. Let me say this again. If a parent asks a child to do what is wrong, the child must obey God and not his father or mother. Now again, I'm happy to say for almost every child here this morning, this is not something you need to worry about. Almost all of you can trust in the fact that God has given you parents who want for you only what God wants. But children, if you ever think that your parents are asking you to do something that God wouldn't want you to do, you must obey God rather than your parents. And if you believe that you have to make that decision, you have to decide to obey God rather than your father or your mother, I want you to call me. Or I want you to call Pastor Carden or Pastor Mullenix or your Sunday school teacher or one of the elders in the church. And I want you to tell us what you have done and why you have done it. Okay? Parents, if necessary, you need to explain the reason that I've given this footnote. You need to explain these things more fully to your, fully to your children this afternoon. But again, as, I, as I've said, I, you know, I'm grateful to know that almost all of you can trust in the fact that God has given you parents who want for you only what is best. So, how do you obey and honor them? Well, first of all, very quickly, first of all, by respectfully listening to what your mom and dad have to say. Respectfully listening to what your mom have to... I've watched children, I've watched parents walk through grocery stores and department stores and other public places with children. And if I had to have their children, I wouldn't have had more than a half. (laughs) And it's the parents' fault. And we'll talk about that more in a few weeks. But children, listen to me. The way you obey and honor your parents begins by respectfully listening to what they say. I've watched children almost turn their backs upon their parents when they were talking to them. I've seen others get this this faraway look in their eyes and assume an appearance which communicates boredom and disinterest. How dare you? Such attitude and responses are displeasing to the Lord. And this is a matter of life and death. You're establishing a pattern that will in the end prove disastrous. Such attitudes and responses should not be tolerated. A child shows respect for his parents by listening attentively to what is being said. 
We should also listen expectantly to what mom and dad say. Scripture teaches that God speaks to children through their parents. The child should heed his parents' advice carefully because he or she wants to do what is pleasing to the Lord. So first of all, a child shows proper respect for his parents by listening carefully and attentively and respectfully to what dad and mom says. Secondly, a child shows proper respect for his parents by doing what they ask him to do. What a strange idea. And not the fourth time they're asked. The first time they're asked. Child should should do what his parents ask him to do without challenging what they are being told. Now, I'm not saying a child can't ask questions, but it'll be up to the parent. And child, it is the parent's decision about whether or not the questions are legitimate or whether or not your questions are simply a matter of trying to change the subject or a matter of trying to stall. We know your tactics. We've been there. We've done that. A child should do what his parents tell him to do without challenging, without challenge, excuse, or delay. And a child should eagerly and cheerfully want to do what mom or dad says. And thirdly, a child shows proper respect for his parents by speaking in a kind and gentle manner. There is no justification for a child raising his voice to his parents. There's no justification for a child speaking to his parents using some sassy or mocking tone of voice. The last significant moment of discipline from my father in my life that I can remember is I think I'm 15 or 16 years of age and we're sitting at the kitchen table. My mother asked me a question and I answered her with something less than respect. Now, if I were to tell some of you what happened after that, in this modern culture, you would be chagrined. You know, you're, you would be rubbing your hands through your hair if, if you were me. You would be terribly upset and you would think it awful and horrible. I'll tell you this much, I've never forgotten it. And I'll tell you this much, I don't think I've ever sassed my mother again. There's no justification for a child speaking to his parents using some sassy or mocking tone of voice. A child should be considerate of his parents' God-given position and responsibility. He should also be considerate of their feelings. He should speak to them kindly. Fourthly, a child shows proper respect for his parents by not making fun of them in front of other people. He must never slander them or, or speak of them to others in a dis- disrespectful or malicious or hateful manner. Instead, the child should be concerned to know that the things he does and says shows proper honor and respect for his mother and father before others. As I've told you on many occasions, one of the things my dad would say to me as I was leaving the house was, don't do anything to disgrace the family name. And that wasn't said lightly. And those words made a profound impression upon me. Those words should be of profound importance to the child who is deeply concerned to honor his earthly father and mother as well as his heavenly father whose name he bears. And fifthly, the 
child shows proper respect for his parents by being sensitive to their needs. The groceries need carrying in. The child should jump up and help with the groceries without being asked. If the, if the dishes need to be washed or to be put into the dishwasher, do it. If the, if the grass needs cutting and the child's old enough to cut the grass, it's a job that ought to get done without, having, without anybody having to say a thing. If you don't want to be... If you don't want to be thought of, of, of as a child, then don't act childishly. Begin to take some adult responsibility for the home in which you live. Because if you don't learn to take adult responsibility in that home in which you live, when you get outside of that home, you're not going to have a clue and act like an adult. That's why this is all a matter of life and death. Let me add one more point to this list. As your parents grow older, it will be your responsibility as an adult to care for one's parents in their old age as long as it is reasonably possible. And it is in that way that you properly honor them. Children, honor your parents. Recognize the position of responsibility that God has given to them. Show them proper respect by listening attentively and expectantly to to what they have to say. Show them proper respect by doing what they ask without challenge, excuse, or delay. Show them proper respect by speaking to them in a kind and gentle manner. Show them proper respect by refusing to mock them before others. And show them proper respect by being sensitive to their needs. Now, I, I'm, sure, I'm, I'm sure there's, who knows how many other things we could add to this list. So now hear me. The list is dangerous because you may think it's a checklist. The, che- the list, in a sense, isn't important. The list is just sort of to, to jar your thinking in a particular direction. The important thing is your heart. If you desire to do what is pleasing to God, he will help you to recognize the things that he wants you to do and he'll give you the supernatural ability to do those things that demonstrate that for you, the obeying and honoring of your parents is of extreme importance. And so children, listen to me. If you know that's not your heart, And if you want a heart eager to please the Lord, but you aren't sure that you have such a heart, then speak to your dad or mom. Speak to me or Pastor Carden or Pastor Mullinex or your Sunday school teacher, one of the elders. We'd love to help you know that you're a child in the family of God. Because as a child in the family of God, God, as a child of the King, You're going to be eager to honor and obey the king by obeying and honoring your father and mother. For this is the first commandment with a promise. Do this so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Let's pray.